everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Roll Radio. All right, let me ask you, what's worse than not being able to get the whole party together to play D&D? How about not having anything fun to do instead? Well, I'm here to tell you that Wongo puzzles are the answer we've been looking for. Now, Wongo may sound familiar to you D&D players out there that have played the Tomb of Annihilation campaign, but unlike that Wongo, Wongo puzzles are fun. Each puzzle is a custom design with intricate patterns and whimsical shapes that'll keep you engaged for hours. Plus, their eco-friendly materials and commitment to sustainability make Wongo puzzles a guilt-free way to unwind. They're 100% wooden puzzles, they'll last forever, and they'll have none of those uh, messed up cardboard corners. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wango puzzles are cut above the rest. Check out the owl puzzle that Esmir's been working on. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today and be sure to use the promo code ROLLRADIO to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle, guaranteed, or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code ROLLRADIO to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. All right, now let's tune in to Roll Radio. Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. We fade up on a close-up of a stuffed doll. The doll has been sewn and stitched to resemble a mean-looking night hag. We pull out to reveal a shelf lined with similar-looking dolls. Some look like goblins and zombie beholders, while others look like our party of adventurers. And as we continue to widen out, we see wooden bottles stacked atop each other in the shape of a triangle. Suddenly, something hits the stack of bottles and they tumble to the ground. We then see a smiling boy as he's handed a balloon string. The overjoyed boy looks up at his floating prize and we follow his gaze and see a red wizard balloon. The unhappy looking wizard balloon then quickly exits the frame and reveals our party, along with Sir Istival, Jack, Stina, and Riley as they enter the festival grounds. So you guys make it to the market square and you find it bursting with colors and bustling with festival activity. Uh, Blue and white ribbons and banners decorate the entire square. And all around it are uh, colorfully painted booths and tents. And inside them are vendors selling foods and sweets. And um, others are game booths displaying their prizes. And you see uh, that some of the prizes are red wizard balloons. (laughs) (laughs) And you even see uh, several of them floating above the crowd around the square. 
Nice. <laughs> and on one side of the square, you see a large tent uh, with a sign over the entrance that reads Beer Garden. And you, uh, you, know, you hear some music emanating from the tent. And in the center of all this is a big stage with about a, about a dozen chairs on it. And above it flaps the Daggerford flag. And all around the square are hundreds of people. It feels like the whole town is here, and they're all having a good time and enjoying the festivities. All right. Esmer's going to have AC fly, fly around, do some recon okay. for any suspicious activities. Okay. Hey, AC, the, the DM is making everything sound real, really nice and happy. <laughs> Everybody's having a good time, and there's music playing, and there's beer tents. So I think you should go to fly some recon. <laughs> We know that can't last. <laughs> everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. Yeah, I want to use my perception to look into the shadows of the corner, anywhere there might be a shadow, <laughs> to see if there's anything moving there. Okay. As I'm walking, right, so it's like um, I've got my held, my head held high, right? I mean, yeah. Jake's kind of cocky. Um, I've got, I'm blowing my pipe dragons, my smoke dragons out of my pipe. And, but, um, um, so it appears like I'm confident, but really I'm keeping my eyes peeled over the heads of the crowd. Okay. And as you're uh, making your way through the square, keeping your eyes peeled, you see Jerry and the thankful stiffs uh, unloading band gear off a wagon. <laughs> and Dameron's also there helping them. Looks like he's unloading boxes of merch. And uh, you also spot Delphin, though uh, it kind of, took you a second to realize it was him because he's not looking like his usual uh, frail, old, frumpy self. He's actually looking pretty badass with the outfit that he decided on. Oh, Which nice. is a flowing blue robe with uh, white, like, arcane accents on the chest and sleeves. And in his hands, uh, he holds a silver staff carved to look like a, like a coiling dragon's tail. And on top of the staff is a red orb. And on top of the orb is a small dragon made of silver. Mm. And he's uh, he's standing in front of a juggler who's like, you know, juggling four knives. And he's intently staring at this juggler. <laughs> like, Delvin, it looks like you, you picked a robe to wear. That's looking pretty snazzy. Yeah, Delphi, Delphi. You clean up pretty nice. You clean up pretty nice. And uh, still staring at the juggler, uh, he says, Look at this guy. Look at him. Ah, he's quite the juggler. You seeing something I'm not seeing. <laughs> I don't detect any magic, yet he moves those knives flawlessly. It's called juggling. It's called juggling. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's definitely some strange magic at work here. I just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> That's called practice. <laughs> practice. And then he uh, he finally turns away from the guy, but then he quickly turns back. I'll discover your sorcery, young man. You can't hide it from me forever. <laughs> Potion of juggling. I can see it now. That's funny. For 1,100 gold. <laughs> and he turns back to you. Hey, guys. Huh? Looking good. Hi. Yeah, you like my outfit? Yeah, that's pretty snazzy. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> oh, by the way, Sherlin took me to that gruesome crime scene that you discovered. Oh, 
What did you see? Hi, did you find anything? Well, I, I saw a lot of blood and guts. Oh, wow. <laughs> but what was interesting was the bathtub. Whoever did this killed that poor couple specifically to take a bath in their blood. And that got me to thinking, why would they do this? Either they were batshit crazy, or it was for some totally evil ritual. Okay. Uh. Go on. Well, I think it was done for some sort of evil rejuvenation ritual. Oh boy. Sure. This is like the Fountain of Youth. Yes, exactly. I've seen something similar in some dark magic spell books. Oh, no. And the blood of innocence can be potent ingredients for such evil rituals. <laughs> hmm. And what kind of creatures would you assume would be bathing in these? Well, it could be anyone who has, you know, access to such dark magic. Perhaps even someone who's connected to the fiendish or demonic underworlds. Oh, boy. Hmm. Oh, I get a bad feeling. And what's with the question mark? What's with the question mark? Sister question mark. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure about that part. That's definitely got me stumped. But I think I figured out how they disappeared without a trace. Go, go, tell us. Tell us, tell us! Do tell! Well, I think they plane shifted in and out of Daggerford. Because when Sherlin told me what you saw, I suspected as much. So I brought my horn of hearing with me. Because you see, in order to plane shift, you need a tuning fork attuned to the plane of existence that you wish to travel to. And I was right. With the aid of the horn, I was able to hear the faintest residual tone of a tuning fork still lingering in the bathroom. Hmm. Who has access to that magic? Well, it would have to be a pretty high-level magic user. Oh, boy. Yeah, anyone who can plane shift and travel in and out of the ethereal plane has to be a master of the arcane. Could they be in league with the Red Wizards? Possibly. Red Wizards are known to dabble in dark magic, especially the necromancers. <laughs> I mean, they could, like, plane shift into the keep and rescue the Red Wizard we have in prison there. But that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to rejuvenate themselves, so it seems. Well, who knows what they're up to, but I wouldn't worry about anyone plane shifting in or out of that dungeon. No, Lord Flotion and I put some powerful wars to prevent anything sneaky like that. Oh, cool. Thank you. Of course. Hey, while we're up on stage, keep your eye out for assassins, please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be up on that stage with you. Yeah, I, I guess I'm considered important around here. You know it. You know it. Well, keep your eye out for assassins anyway. <laughs> and as you guys are discussing this, you all suddenly hear the fanfare of trumpets. And you look up and you see the Duke's retinue uh, making their way down the main street from the castle to the square. And the crowd in the square begins to murmur, and they start to gather around the main stage. And uh, Sir Estival says, well, we'd better take our seats up on the stage. And uh, Delphin's like, yeah, yeah, we better get up there. Come on, let's go. And uh, they begin to make their way through the crowd towards the stage. I follow them. Esmir's going to cast Fly on Jake <laughs> with her harp shield. Okay. <laughs> She's going to say... You ready, Jake? This is your big moment. Yes. Fly like an eagle. She's going to cast it on him so he can fly up over to the stage. Nice. 
And the crowd's just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and my cloak is billowing behind me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's blowing out the dragons. And I'm blowing out the dragons. And I'm waving my arms out like like doing a reverse breaststroke. Like I'm like <laughs> casting, you know, goodness onto the people below me. <laughs> Delphin, he looks up and he says, show off. <laughs> you see Sir Istvold taking a seat and he's shaking his head like, oh, geez. Hey. Fan, you know, we got to give our fans what they want. Yeah. And as you land on the stage, the crowd cheers. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and when you guys get up on the stage, uh, you see a bunch of folks already sitting up there. Uh, besides Sir Istival and Delphin, you see Sherlin and around uh, 10 other people that you've never met before. They're all finely dressed and they're all wearing a similar gold and silver medallion on their outfits. All 10 of them? Yeah, all 10 of them. Oh, wow. But you notice that they each have uh, like a different design to them. One has a boat on it, another has a sickle, another has an anvil. Oh, they're the guild masters. They're different guilds. Yeah, you realize these are the heads of the various guilds of Daggerford. Yeah. And Cullen, you recognize the person wearing the anvil as the Iron Eater dwarf who sold you your breastplate. Ooh. I kind of point at it and go, look, I keep it shiny. And he gives you a thumbs up. Nice. <laughs> and then uh, eight ducal guards and shiny chain mail adorned with the Daggerford crest march up and take position in front of the stage, flanking the steps. And then walking between them and up onto the stage comes Lady Morwen and Nazia. So Nazia is with Lady Morwen now. Yes. Okay. Mm. And Lady Morwen, uh, she's not wearing her armor that you're used to seeing her in. Instead, she's wearing, uh, you know, royal fineries. And her long white hair is in like a thick braid that flows down her back. And Natsia is also wearing royal fineries. Uh, and an excess amount of jewelry adorns her neck and wrists and fingers. She's almost, you know, comically bangled and bejeweled. And as they head up onto the stage, uh, Lady Morwen, uh, she gives you like a courteous nod. And Natsia, uh, she gives you like an overly enthusiastic wave, like, hi, guys. <laughs> and, and they take their seats and they're followed by the Duke, who comes right up to you guys with a big smile and he extends his hand. I stand to greet. I stand when he comes to greet us and I shake his hand. And he shakes it vigorously. Asmir's gonna put her hand out, and when he goes and when he goes to shake it, she's gonna take her hand and then rub it across her hair. <laughs> Again, I'm gonna be the only courteous one out of the bunch. Hey, I shake his hand. And I'm gonna hand. take his hand. I'm gonna shake his hand, and I'm gonna give him a, a nod. And as he's shaking your hand, he says, "It's so wonderful to finally meet you, Lady Borwin and Sir Estival have said so many good things about you. Wait." I thought there were four of you. There were. Uh, yeah, we lost one member in the oh. uh, the du the dungeon below Firehammer Hold. I'm very sorry to hear that. Well, he will be remembered as a hero of Daggerford, which is why we're here today, yes? 
and I hope you don't mind all the fanfare, but I believe the people of Daggerford deserve an occasion to celebrate your accomplishments. Besides, fortune always follows fame, don't you know? And he kind of gives you a nudge and a wink. Huh? I thought fortune favored the bold. <laughs> and he just, he just kind of thinks about that for a second. And then he snaps back. All right, so here's what we'll do. I'll give a little speech, and then I'll give you the key to the city, a reward, and then you can give a speech, and then we can celebrate and have some fun. Sound good? I, okay. And then I turn around to Esmer. I turn around to Esmer and I say, this is when we get our whopping 10 gold pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I love giving speeches. It's going to be great. And then I turn back to him and say, thank you. That sounds like a wonderful plan. And then I kind of like shoo him off <laughs> to go do his, go do your thing. Very good. And uh, he goes up to a podium that's been set up, uh, you know, with the Daggerford seal on the front. And he, you know, raises his hands to get the crowd's attention. And everyone uh, hushes and settles down. Citizens of Daggerford, I'm so glad you made it to Daggerford's first annual Those Guys Festival. Those guys. <laughs> Which, from now on, I decree will be referred to as that festival. <laughs> <laughs> the first annual that festival. I love it. It's that fest, man. That's awesome. Esmer, Esmer's like rolling her eyes. That fest, whatever. <laughs> now, we mustn't forget that not long ago, the Delambeer Vale was gripped in fear as the Red Wizards and their minions rained terror and devastation on the land. And the innocent victims of this malicious incursion fled to the last bastion of security and hope left in the Western Heartlands, Daggerford. And with open arms, we took them in and sheltered them from the storm. And we... <laughs> Esmer's like, <laughs> oh boy, his story. And the Duke pauses for a his second. His story. But then he quickly continues as if nothing happened. <laughs> we sheltered them from the storm and protected them from the evil red menace. Let us not forget what happened to our neighbor Jolkin. Could Daggerford be next, I thought? Surely not. Our walls are strong, our soldiers brave and steadfast. But I prayed to Amanatar for guidance, and I saw that hiding behind our walls would not be enough to save us, but that we must instead reveal the red cancer and cut it out. And the next day, our esteemed Sir Istival brought me the right team for the job. And he points over to you, those guys. <laughs> because of these three brave adventures and one who gave the ultimate sacrifice, the red wizard responsible was subdued and his minions eliminated. And through our combined efforts, the Delambeer Vale is safe once again, and Daggerford continues to be the beacon of hope and prosperity on the Sword Coast. So, 
For their brave deeds and sacrifice, for the good of Daggerford, I am honored to make those guys honorary citizens of Daggerford. And I look over at and I look over at Colin and say, "I would hope so. We actually live here now." <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm a little stuck on the word honorary. I mean, are we citizens or not? And then uh, from inside the podium, he pulls out a comically oversized golden key. Mm. I am honored to present those guys with a key to the city of Daggerford. And it also entitles them to a grand banquet in their honor in the Ducal Castle. <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. But it's the least we can do for Daggerford's heroes. Now, let's have a word from our beloved heroes. And he waves you guys over to present you this huge key. Oh. Esmer takes the key. It's as tall as she is. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I have a few words for the audience. I would like to say that we came here originally because we thought we could do some good. And then we realized that it's a big job. And it took a lot of people to get us here. Sir Istival and all of his help or instrumental in our success. I believe he deserves an equal share of the credit for what we have been able to accomplish. And even Jerry, I mean, with, without his twinkling pipeweed and munchy cubes, <laughs> who knows where we would have been. Got us out of a few tight scrapes, you know. And you see Jerry in the crowd, and he's like, he's high-fiving his bandmates. <laughs> yeah, dudes. <laughs> we gave his store advertising. And don't forget Umbero. Umbero. Keeps our horses fed. <laughs> so cool. And you see Umbero out there in the crowd, too. He's looking all surprised. Oh, my goodness. Dude, Esmir, Esmir points her fingers. Umbero! Bro! I'd like to say something, people. Um, Don't forget the most important rule of life. Have a good time, because you never know. Today may be your last day. <laughs> and the crowd, the crowd suddenly goes quiet and everyone's looking around a little confused and you hear some whispering like, what does she mean our last day? <laughs> and everybody is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the first round's on the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> to the bear tent. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, the band in the beer tent starts playing. And then above the stage, uh, colorful uh, sparkling lights begin to dance and swirl around like, uh, like magical fireworks. And the crowd goes wild. And then uh, you realize that it's Delphin casting spells and creating these, these magical dancing lights. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And he's all like, he's all into it. Woohoo! <laughs> we got our personal Gandalf. And then the folks on the stage begin to mingle with each other, and the crowd out there begins to disperse and you know go back to enjoying the festival. And the Duke approaches you and he says, Well, that went quite well, I think. Now, about this banquet in your honor, how does five days from now sound? 
Five days? Yes, well, we need time to prepare and send out formal invitations and such. So I'm thinking five days should be enough time. I guess, yeah, we're, we're kind of waiting to talk to, uh, you know, because you're not out of the woods yet. I mean, I don't know if you've gotten the memo, but we found siege ladders, you know, being constructed at Firehammer Hold. There could be troubles yet. Yes, yes, Sir Estival and Sherlin have been keeping me informed of all your findings. But let's not talk about that now. Let's talk about celebrating your accomplishments. <laughs> does he seem, does he seem like he's, um... Uh, being controlled by someone? Uh, he seems to be acting normally. Well, I'm gonna roll perception and see if I feel like or notice any kind of weirdness going on. Uh, roll insight for that. Insight. My insight, which is much worse than my perception. For He seems totally normal. What'd you roll? I rolled a f- seven. Oh. Should I roll? Sure. I have a plus... Three. I got a four plus three, a seven. Yeah, he seems normal to you too. So uh, I'm going to try mine. Okay. And I rolled an 11 plus seven is an 18. Okay. So, you know, so you're watching him talk to Cullen and you don't get a sense that he's being controlled, but through his, you know, through his body language, you get a sense that all his enthusiasm is an act. Like he's just telling you what you want to hear. Okay. He just seems like his, uh, his, he just seems like a very shallow, opportunistic type of guy. He just seems like a politician to you. A politician. He uses other people to like bolster his fame and yeah. But don't forget, it's possible that you just didn't roll high enough. This could be one of those things that takes a really high perception to reveal. Oh, it could be totally. Because we know that we know that she possibly was controlling, like the guy at the very beginning. Yeah, at the very I beginning. I think red wizards are working through her, but she's you know she must she might not be in on it. She might be, she might not be, but I think they're working through her. Like the the heterochromia thing really bothers me. Yes, I think that it's that her eyeball is a seeing stone. Yeah, I think so too. And speaking of fame and fortune, I had those urns you found at Harpshield authenticated, and I would very much like to purchase them from you. How does 600 gold sound? Fantastic! Well, could, let's think about this for a second, Jake. <laughs> He's an opportunistic <laughs> jerk. Yeah, we'll take that first number they <laughs> That was Jake. Totally. That was totally Jake. That's wonderful. <laughs> Jake, as we were just elbows, Jake, she like Ow. just jams his elbows. It's not wonderful. We'll see. Okay, Duke? Now let me let me look at what I've got in my notes over here. We're, I don't see it. I see Assassin's Poison, Bubble Pipe, Fine Browns Bowl, Perfume. Oh, here we go. Okay, so there were six of them, and they are 100 gold pieces each. There were it's three out, of them. There were three of them. Oh, okay. And it says here that they are worth 100 gold pieces apiece, so I guess that is a fair price. He's offering you double. He's double, yeah. He's paying us double for a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason he's paying us double. Um... Okay, well, how about nine hundred gold? And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna intimidate him a little bit. Well, I'm gonna, 
I just occurred to me that this is an opportunity to roll perception or insight again, right? To see if like, you know, he's telling us the truth. Okay. He's on the up and up. Okay. Ooh. I, I got a 20. Okay. Um, so you get the feeling, uh, you get the feeling that he's telling you the truth. And you remember uh, someone telling you that the Duke was into, you know, these ancient artifacts from this region. Oh, yeah. Sir Istival said that he would pay top dollar. Yeah. And of course, I think the whole bloke incident tells you that he's, you know, a diehard collector. Yeah. I I think, I, I don't know, Esmeralda, but I think it's a hey, fair price. I want 900. Oh. I, I, now. All right. All right. <laughs> no. can, I, can I roll my intimidation? Sure. Intimidation. I got a plus four. So let's see what we get. Nine plus four. Well, they are quite rare. How about 800 gold? Oh. That sounds good. Excellent. I'll have someone pick up the urns, and you can pick up your gold when you come for the banquet. I am sure Sir Istival would like to get him out of his hall closet. I don't know if this is a good idea. All right. So keep an eye out for those invitations. Oh, should I send them to Sir Istival's, or do you have uh, your own place now? We should do. You could send them to those guys' secret headquarters on High Street. Yes. It's so secret. Here's our address. (laughs) Very good. All right. Well, enjoy your festival. And thank you again for throwing this for us. Those were fine words that you that you said, and I pat him on the back. Why, thank you, Jake. Well, you guys are an amazing group of adventurers. That's true. That is You've true. You've done great things for this region, and Daggerford will never forget. Well, again, there's still work to be done. You can make like a little Esmir statue and put it in the square. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, you could make it into a fountain. She could be... You know, striking a pose, pointing her finger into the air (laughs) where the red wizard is floating and a stream of water shooting out of her mouth and landing back into the fountain. Yes. Very little creatures adorning the, the fountain all around. That's a good idea. I tell you what, why don't you draw up some ideas, you know, some sketches, and I'll take a look at them. Cool, cool. Cool. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you at the banquet, and we can talk more. I want to hear all about your exploits in the Delambia Vale. Until then, good day. And then he uh, turns away from you, and he goes to uh, to mingle with some of the guild members still on the stage. And then, and then, as he as he turns away and he starts walking away, I'm gonna look down at Esmer and I'm gonna say. I'm going to go pour Jake juice in his punch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. I think that's the last time we'll ever talk to that guy alive. <laughs> and as you're saying that, Natsia walks up to you guys with a big smile on her face. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. I knew there was something special about you guys. Should we be thinking the same thing about you? I mean, you've risen quite in your station, haven't you? Yes, well, you know, love and life are full of surprises. Esmer's gonna, you know how she usually points at her eyes, then she points at the person? Uh, She's gonna do that with just one finger. (laughs) To one eye. (laughs) 
been watching you. <laughs> and she then uh, turns and follows the Duke. And then Lady Morwen approaches you and she says, hello again. I wanted to say congratulations and to make sure you got the reward I left at Sir Istival's. Ah, yes. Thank you very much. Yes, that was awfully kind of you. Well, it's the least we can do for all that you've done for Daggerford. Have you had any, you know, uh, chance to, to uh, get to know your uh, brother's girlfriend? Sounds like, it seems like she's, you know, in pretty thick there. Well, they seem quite in love, and she does have my brother eating out of the palm of her hand. That doesn't give you, that doesn't give you a suspicious mind at all. Well, he is getting older, and he needs to start thinking about starting a family. Mm. Hey, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yes, Esmir. Are you his only sister, question mark? <laughs> nice. Why, yes, nice. I am his only sister. Hmm. That you Exclamation know. point. Hey. Exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Just wondering. Just wondering. Well, enjoy your festival. You deserve it. And uh, I guess I'll see you at this banquet. Yeah. And she makes her way off the stage. And then the Duke and Nazia and the Ducal Guards, they begin to head off back to the castle. Of course. They're not sticking around, huh? They're not going to get their hands dirty hanging out with the rabble. But as they're heading off, uh, you notice that Lady Morwen is not with them. And you see her uh, make her way into the beer tent. Ah, cool. Really? Okay. All right, cool. And then Sir Istival joins you. And he's like, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Esmeralda held her tongue very well, I thought. Yes, I agree. She exercised quite say, a bit of control. Yeah, the Duke was creepy. <laughs> um, his girlfriend is creepy. And sister's kind of a hottie, but she's not really seems, she doesn't seem like she's on the ball. Yeah, she seems oblivious to her brother's infatuation. She seem, she seems like she is, she, she thinks, doesn't care. She doesn't care. It's like Well, she underestimates him. She thinks he's a dummy, so there's no possible way that he could be doing anything nefarious, which is the exact reason why a bad person would take control of him. <laughs> sure. Well, he's Hello. easy. He's easy pickings. Right, because he's a dummy. Well, let's not be too harsh. It seems like he's coming around. I mean, he's throwing you a festival. Mm. Let's not worry about such things for one night. Go around and enjoy the festivities, and we can get back to worrying tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to head over to the beer tent. I'll catch up with you guys later. Cool. All right. Are there are there any good games to play at the... Yeah. As you're making your way around the square, you see lots of game booths. And uh, the first one you come up to is a knife and hatchet throwing contest. Oh. Should we all go just go together? Yeah, let's just pass. Okay. We'll go from game to game. Okay. Here's the hatchet throwing. And I go running over to it. Okay. You, uh, you come up to it and you see seven hay bales with targets painted on them. 
and they're all set up uh, at different distances. Uh, the first one's at 10 feet, and the last one all the way back is at 150 feet. Mm. And there's a guy working the booth, and he's like, step right up and test your skills. Three daggers or hand axes, your choice. Hit the hay bale to move on to the next one. Hit the bullseye, and you get to reuse that axe or dagger. Get to the third hay bale for a minor prize. And if you're skilled enough and get to the final one, you win a grand prize. Ooh. Cool. So um, what is the skill that I need to... It'll be strength for hatchets or dexterity for daggers. And any throws after the fourth hay bale will be a disadvantage. Um, my dex is a 12 and my strength is a 14. All right, the guy hands you three hatchets. Here you go. Good luck. Okay, everybody, stand back. Stand back. The cleric's going to be throwing axes. Everybody be careful. <laughs> you better look out. Get your children behind you. <laughs> now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull out my um, my pipe of smoke monsters. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to take a little twinkle in pipe weed, pop it in there. Because uh -huh. this is what you do at a carnival, right? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so, um... <laughs> So um, I will do that, and then I will get advantage on on my strength. <laughs> All right. Click advantage and roll a strength check. Okay, cool. Uh, 13 plus 2 is 15. All right. The hatchet flies and hits the bullseye. Nice. Nice. Okay, kids, don't do drugs. Stay in school. Just because the pipe weed helped this guy out doesn't mean it's going to help you out. What a bad example. I know. I look back over my shoulder. What, what she example. said. I'm sorry. And then he said, this is what we do at carnivals. I don't do that at carnivals. <laughs> like everybody's doing that. This is what we do. Take notes on what we do. <laughs> All right, so since you hit the bullseye, you can keep that hatchet, and you move to the next hay bale, which is 20 feet away. Okay, right on. Oh, six. Oh. All right, so now you're down to two hatchets. Okay. Uh, 12. Okay, 12 hits the hay bale, but not the bullseye. You needed a... 14 for that. So you got one hatchet left, and you move on to the third hay bale, which is now 30 feet away. Okay. Aha! Oh, oh! 17. Nice. Okay, nice. You hit the bullseye, so you keep that hatchet and move to the fourth hay bale, which is now 50 feet away. Mmm. All right. Oh, 12. Ah, so 12 misses. Oh. Uh, but since you got to the third target, you win a minor prize. Ah, thank you. Thank you kindly. <laughs> I feel like a winner. <laughs> <laughs> you are a winner. Roll a d6. A five. Okay. Uh, he hands you a toy wooden dagger <laughs> with uh, colorful arcane runes painted on it. Ooh. And etched on the handle, it says... That festival. Nice. <laughs> nice. That was fun. Where to next? I would like to throw some axes. All right. And since you're proficient with uh, hand axes, you can go ahead and roll your uh, hand axe attack. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, so I, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not too prideful to admit when I, I don't want to lose, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to grab my pipe. Oh, I barely do this. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's give it a whirl. 
So with advantage, oh, two thirteens, a twenty. Bullseye. Wow. Plus seven. All right, so you get that hatchet back, and now you're at twenty feet. All right, swing or throw. Twenty-five. Another bullseye. Oh, you're gonna be getting a big prize. All right, you moved to thirty feet, and you still got three axes. All righty then. Let's uh, click on advantage and try this one more time. 19. Right in the center again. Nice. And then you hear, ooh, and you see that a crowd is beginning to gather around. <laughs> All right, now you're at 50 and still with uh, three axes. Okay. Oh, you got this. Oh. Oh, that axe flies right past the hay bale. I got two more chances. Yep. Nice. 26. Another bullseye. Nice. I did that for drama, you know. I missed that one just for... <laughs> <laughs> All right, now the hay bale is 75 feet away, so disadvantage will cancel out your advantage, so it's just going to be a straight roll now. Mm. 21. Oh, just barely, but you hit the bullseye. Yeah. All right, the next one is 100 feet away. All right. You'll need a 22 to get a bullseye. Oh. All right, concentrate. Concentrate. I want a good prize. I I got no advantage now, so. We're going to decorate our apartment. It's just a straight roll. 25. Nice. Nice. Another bullseye. And the crowd around you has gotten bigger, and you hear people whispering stuff like, he's at the last hay bale. (laughs) And the last hay bale is 150 feet away. So you're gonna need a 22 just to hit it, and a 24 for a bullseye. Oh boy. And this is for the grand prize. I still have two axes left too. Yep, you still have two axes. Okay, so I two two chances to make this. Oh, oh. 10. One chance to win it. It's all or nothing. This is it. You got this, bro, you got it. <laughs> Now roll a d6 for your grand prize. Two. Okay. You won. This is good. You won a finely crafted hand axe, and on the handle is beautifully engraved that festival. Nice. <laughs> you can hang that up in your room, buddy. It'll look cool. <laughs> All right, Esmia, what are you going to play? I don't know. Should I throw some of those damn daggers? You are proficient with daggers. Ah, there you go. Yeah, you'll roll with a plus six. Oh, she can't miss. I had a plus seven and I missed twice. And do I have to click advantage or anything, or did you already set it up? You don't have advantage. Unless you're going to take a toke of some of the twinkle. No. I don't need no damn tokes. She plays it straight. I don't need no twinkling. Give me those daggers. All right, he hands you three daggers. All right. So Esmir's going to uh, blow hot air on the dagger. (sighs) And then she's going to stand on one foot, and then she's going to throw the dagger with one eye closed. Okay. 
And meanwhile, Jake is looking at her with one eyebrow raised. Mm. Like, what the heck? I don't think I've ever seen her use the dagger. Never. I've never seen her in this stance. It's quite <laughs> humorous. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd that's uh, gathered around is murmuring. And you hear stuff like, that's a strange stance. What is she doing? Hi, <laughs> right, guys. So she's got her the one foot up, and she's got her tongue sticking out. 22! Nice. 22, right in the center. Oh. Right in the center, guys. Nice. All right, now you're 20 feet from the hay bale. 20 feet away, same stance, same position. Okay, here I go. 22. Nice. Right in the center again. Nice. Right in the center. Asmir pumps her fist. Yes! <laughs> Next! All right, now you're 30 feet away. 17. Oh, just barely, but another bullseye. <laughs> That's pretty good, guys. All right, where are we at? I still got my three daggers. Yep, and now you're 50 feet away. 50 feet. I got this. Esmir switches to her left hand, and... She switches her whole stance to opposite. <laughs> I'm ambidextrous, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 19. Oh, right oh, in the center. Told <laughs> <laughs> ya. You guys didn't believe me. There were some people that didn't believe me. I thought you would have to arc it. <laughs> no, no. Well, you might have to now because you're 75 feet away and you're going to be rolling with disadvantage. All right, so this time Esmer's going to... I can't see it anyway because I'm not as tall as regular folk. <laughs> so I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> Here I go. Oh, <laughs> maybe you should have left them open. <laughs> ah, that was a bad idea. I know I'm going to open them this time. That one gave a little bit of a, a close shave to the carny standing there. <laughs> No worries, no worries, guys, no worries. Here I go. 17. 17. Oh, misses. No. 17 misses. Really? Yep, she needed an 18. Just barely missed it. Oh. I, I got one more dagger, though, right? Yep, you got one left. All right, guys, who's going to give my dagger a lucky kiss? Anybody? Any use? A young man steps out from the crowd. I would be honored to kiss your dagger, Esmir. Kiss my dagger, bro. Good job. <laughs> I don't know if you want people who'd want to do it doing it. <laughs> Good luck, Esmir. We love you. You're the best, bro. You know why I'm going to get you a discount at Jerry's shop? <laughs> Jerry's up on the stage setting up his stuff. He's like, what? <laughs> I didn't approve that. Don't worry, I'll get a discount, I'll get it for you. All right, here I go. Hey. 23. Oh, right in the center. Uh, lives to throw one Esmir, like points Esmir points over that guy. This guy's my buddy. Yeah, go Esmir. Woohoo! Woohoo! So you got two more targets with one dagger. Yep, and you're now 100 feet away and rolling with disadvantage still, and you're going to need a 20 to hit it. Okay. You're going to nail it. We'll see, guys. Here goes nothing. <laughs> oh. Oh. It dropped the 20. Yeah, it dropped the 20. That's oh. 
All right. Roll a d6 there, little gnome. <laughs> what? Who? <laughs> oh, oh, buddy. I'm fully grown, buddy. What are you talking about? Regular size gnome. Do not piss me off. It's my day off, buddy. Stupid. Uh, this is fantastic. Three. Oh, you get a red wizard balloon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, but you do know that I'm the inventor of the red wizard balloon? <laughs> That's I'll what we heard. That's why we made him. You're all right. Little, awesome. little fella. That's great. That was so much fun. And I go over to the carney and shake his hand. Hey, Jake. Jake, 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 Jake. Hey, can you tie this around my wrist? <laughs> sure. Thanks. I know we know where she is in the crowd. <laughs> What's the next game? What's the next game? I want to do the, the, the feat of strength. Oh, yeah. Yes. Why don't we go by the hammer, the hammer slam? Let's go to the hammer, bros. All right, so you make your way through the festival grounds, and it's you know it's jam-packed with folks enjoying the festivities. They're playing games and watching jugglers and puppet shows and eating all kinds of fried foods. <laughs> and now the sun's beginning to set, and it's casting a warm glow on Daggerford. So uh, torches and colorful lanterns are being lit up all around the square, and the whole town is just having a good time at that festival. Nice. And soon you find the uh, hammer smash game, which is a platform that you hit with a, a big two-handed hammer to launch a rock up a tall pole that has a bell at the very top. And there's a guy there taunting folks to give it a try. Step right up and test your strength. Ring the bell at the top to win a grand prize. Why, I'll take you up on it. Excellent. You look like you got what it takes, young man. Look at those muscles. <laughs> and he hands you a, a big heavy maul, and he's like, all right, so it's an athletics check. A 20 will get you a minor prize. A 24 will get you a moderate prize. And a 26 rings the bell, and you get a grand prize. Mm. Okay, well, let's see here. Uh... Hey, just give me a second here. Let me take a quick puff on this pipe, you know. I like to have a little pipe weed before I get going with these things. I think you're still high, boy. Ah, yes, I am ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. It's funny, everyone's gonna everyone looks up to us like we're heroes, and these guys are just getting baked at every single They don't know, it's just smokable. That's true, they don't know. There's lots of people smoking it pipe. Everybody tobacco. knows. Everybody knows Everybody the distinct knows. smell of pipe weed. Daddy, why is the old guy laughing all the time? <laughs> I want what he has. <laughs> okay, if I don't do good on this one, I'm going to try again. <laughs> Until I do do good. Until <laughs> I do do good. <laughs> 16. Uh, 16. Oh, no, oh, that was a poor show. Doesn't even make it halfway up the pole. <laughs> <laughs> For a guy with an 18 strength and a plus seven athletics. Eh, maybe it's all that smoking. It's making you lethargic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, better luck next time, young man. Ah, oh, better luck my ass. I'm taking another swing. <laughs> There's like a guy behind you ready to try. And he's like, aw. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get your chance. 
26! Oh. <laughs> it breaks it. All right, nice. You ring the bell. Roll a d6. Oh, boy. This is going to be fun. Four. All right, congratulations, young man. Here you go. And he hands you a tall wooden walking stick. And carved all around it are various animals, right? And the animals are animated. They're like walking around the stick. So there's definitely some magic cast upon this walking stick. Hey, that's cool. Nifty. What a cool gift. Very nifty. Esmir, Esmir's been thinking. She's standing there while she's watching him. She's like, we're having a lot of fun. And just what she's thinking. We're having a lot of fun. And we are playing a game that usually ends up with something bad happening. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to send my AC up to do recon just in case. That's a good idea, because I was thinking about that back with the knife throwing, that nobody's looking out for assassins. Yeah, <laughs> there's assassins after us. There was We're a bloody, together. gruesome murder just yeah. yesterday. Yeah. There's a siege, eminent siege about to happen on this town, which we invest found out about. Mm. And amongst other things that could happen. And so we tell people nearest... about it, but they don't really seem to take it seriously. Yeah, let's and... have a carnival. <laughs> yeah. So Esmir's going to send uh, Asilius up for recon. Okay. And Esmir's like, give me that hammer, bro. Give it to me. Okay. Are you sure? It's kind of big. Are you sure you, you can handle it? Shut up. You got a stool? <laughs> you got a stool? What do you need a stool for? Just shut up and answer the question. Yes or no? Sure, I sit on this Bring stool for my- Bring it over here. Okay, jeez. So I'm gonna stand, Esmir st is gonna stand on the stool. Ah, uh -huh, okay. And she's gonna use it for momentum. So momentum or just to get a little, stool. so you're like no, above she's gonna, it. No, <laughs> she's gonna jump off the stool and slam it on her way down. Okay. <laughs> nice. But she's gonna hold the, she's gonna hold the hammer above her head, like all the way leaning back behind her. And she's gonna mm. do like the, you know, the Brad Pitt jump thing. And then she's gonna <laughs> slam it on the way down. Okay. Roll your athletics with a plus five. Nice. And then I'm gonna use my athletics, which is a negative one. <laughs> go, 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 and go. the crowd starts chanting, Esmer, Esmer, Esmer. <laughs> Whack the snot out of it. All right, here we go, guys. 23. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then Esmer hits the bat thing. And then she holds the ha the mallet out and she drops it. <laughs> Instead of giving it to the old man. <laughs> All right, so roll a d6 for your minor prize. Three. Okay, he hands you uh, what looks like a tiny dagger, uh, but the blade is made of colorful sugar. Ooh, oh. sugar dagger. Oh, it's like a lickamade. <laughs> well. Is it like a brightly color? <laughs> is it a bright color that's gonna stain my lips? Yes, it's definitely gonna stain your lips. <laughs> thanks, bro. Oh, well, thanks for playing. How about you there, sir? You wanna give it a swing? <laughs> I'm afraid my back hurts <laughs> from the last <laughs> thing we did. We're all afraid of it too. All right, well, enjoy the festival. 
And then Esmir looks for like the nearest kid around her. Okay, there's tons of kids running around. Hey, kid, you! You want a sugar dagger? Yeah, I do. Cool. Here you go, buddy. Eat the whole thing so you get all jacked up. Your mom gets real mad at me. <laughs> and then you guys hear Esmir, Cullen, Jake. And uh, you look and see Sir Istival at the beer tent entrance. Hey, Jack is in the pie eating contest. Come on, let's cheer him on. Ooh, oh, nice yeah. Oh, I gotta see this. <laughs> So you head into the beer tent and it's, you know, it's packed with folks sitting at tables, eating and drinking and talking. Uh, There's a band in the corner playing music. It's very loud and lively in here. And all the way uh, at one end, there's a table with a sign over it that reads pie eating contest. (laughs) And there's a bunch of pies lined up on the table and sitting there all by himself is Jack. (laughs) And Sir Istival says, hey, any of you got a good constitution? You should get up there and give Jack a little competition. No. Oh, that would be funny. No. Eating contests are stupid. <laughs> hey, eating contests are stupid. You got the smallest stomach in the group. Of course they're stupid to you. <laughs> Colin, get up there. I, I'll give it a shot, but I don't think I can beat Jack. He's got the constitution of a dwarf. That would only make sense. (laughs) Get in there! So what do I need to win this? All right, you head up onto the stage and take a seat next to Jack at the table, and he's like, ha ha, yes, some competition. (laughs) And then someone comes out and uh, puts five pies in front of you and tells you that uh, whoever makes it through the fifth pie or whoever's the last one still eating pie wins the grand prize. Hmm. What kind of pie is it? Blueberry. Is it like some kind of fruit fruit pie? Rhubarb. It's usually like blueberry or something. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, you know various fruit pies, and there's even several that look like meat pies. Oh, meat <laughs> pie. <laughs> That's oh, gross. Oh. That's just wrong. <laughs> Miscellaneous ground meats. All right, so here are the rules. <laughs> you start eating a pie and roll a D4 plus your constitution modifier and that number becomes the DC for you to get through the pie. Then you roll a constitution saving throw against that number, and if you make it, you move on to the next pie. (laughs) If you don't, you puke. (laughs) Yeah, if you don't, uh, you're out. (laughs) It, It turns into stand by me. And then you do it again for the next pie, but you add the new number to the DC. So it, you know, progressively gets harder the more more pies you eat. So who wants to roll for Jack? I'll roll for Jack. Okay. So so some old some old granny standing there, like say, you know, start the the contest usually because you know. <laughs> yeah. Eat up, horse. She's got a gun. Bang! Eat. <laughs> You guys start shoving pie in your face. (laughs) So, Christine, roll a d4 for Jack, and uh, Cullen, roll a d4 and add your constitution modifier. I rolled a two plus three, so that's five. I rolled a two. Okay, and uh, Jack also has a plus three, so uh, you're both tied. Ah, tied on pie. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Jam that pie in there. Jam it in there. Colin, 
Just now, jam it in your now face. Now I need a constitution saving throw? Yes, and you both have to beat a five to move on. Okay. Oh, 13. Okay, what'd you roll, Christine? 10. Okay, you both make it through the first pie. On to pie number two. Uh, both of you roll a d4 plus three. Oh yeah, four. Okay, so seven. Six altogether, but she rolled higher than me. All right, so the DC for uh, Pi 2 is 11 for Colin and 12 for Jack. Oh. All right, so let's see who makes it to Pi number 3. Roll a Constitution saving throw. Oh! oh it's almost a 13! Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the meat pie. I'm telling you, it was the meat pie. <laughs> Oh. And Jack's just like, Jack's eating his pie. He's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I win. Esmeralda's like, I told you it was a bad idea. Hey, <laughs> but I didn't want to let Jack sit up there all by himself. <laughs> but oh. doesn't Jack still have to roll a constitution save? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's oh, true. Boy. You did not automatically wow. win. We could also lose. That's the true. The pie-eating contest police are up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> All right. Roll a d20, Christine. 20. Oh, <laughs> that's just Suck it. <laughs> Jack's licking the pie pan. <laughs> nice try, Cullen. Thanks for keeping me company. No problem. No problem, Jack. I was happy to do it. That's silly. Nice. So Jack won, obviously. What is... Mm -hmm. Jack, what did you win? He wins a big stuffed toy. And I'm going to roll a d4 to see which one. He wins a... He wins a zombie beholder stuffed toy. (laughs) Nice. That's cool. One of those things killed me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. They're all creatures that you guys uh, encounter. There's an Etten, an Owlbear, a Hag, and a Zombie Beholder. Mm. As long as there's no damn dollies, we'll be fine. Yes. Seriously. What a blast. Where's Sir Istavel? Uh, He's here in the beer tent, mingling with some folks. Esmir's going to go up to him. Hey, Isti! And she's going to slap him on the back. Oh, there you are, Esmir. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying the festival. Is your beer full? Is your beer full? Uh, well, actually, it's almost empty. Where's your beer? I don't have beer. I don't like drinking, um, Isti. Why not? Well, just in case a ninja comes and tries to kill me, uh, I won't be at a disadvantage, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, it looks like Jake and Cullen aren't too worried about that. Yeah. This is a blast. So Cullen and I are walking. I got my arm around him. We're like laughing. Hey, it's Isti. Hey. Yeah. It's a, It's kind of a disadvantage just being around them. So I got to be careful. <laughs> and then Esmir's going to be, be like, hey, barkeep guy. Yes. I'm buying the next round for this gentleman here. And she hands him the however much it costs. And I need one too. Bring me back an ale. No, he's buying his own. He's buying his own. I'm buying one for Isti. All right, so you guys hang out and have some ales with Sir Istival. And then we fast forward a bit and cut to outside and the night sky filled with stars twinkling over Daggerford. 
And then we tilt from the stars down to the market square, filled with people gathered around the main stage. And on the stage is Jerry and the Thankful Stiffs. Cool. And Jerry yells out to the crowd, Hello, Daggerford! Everybody enjoying the first annual Those Guys Fest? All right, nice. And don't forget, you can get all your official Those Guys merch at Hellmix Herbs and Oddments. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to jam? And then suddenly the stage is filled with smoke and lights begin to flash and sparkle and swirl above the stage and the band starts playing and the crowd goes wild. Nice. I've been looking to see if I have anything in my inventory that could add to the show, but I, I have nothing. I have my cloak of many colors, should, uh, but that's it. Jake should uh, have the drift globe up, floating around. Yeah, floating around. And could I cast Thaumaturgy to make it do anything fun? What do you want it to do? I want it to be like a disco ball. Sure. I want to make it like multiple <laughs> lights coming out. Okay. <laughs> so everyone's enjoying the concert. Lots of people are dancing and twirling. There's lots of twirling going on, and the air is constantly filled with the smell of twinkling pipeweed. And uh, after a couple songs, uh, Jerry comes up to the edge of the stage, and he's like, How's everybody doing? Yeah, all right, woo! Okay, so we've got a special treat for you guys tonight. Now, we know we're here celebrating the brave heroes who liberated Jolkin and saved the Sword Coast from those fucking red wizards. And one of those guys is gonna join the Thankful Stiffs for a special jam session. You all know her, that crazy gnome, Esmir <laughs> Elder Grand Merkavir. Come on up, Esmir. <laughs> Get in right. there! <laughs> Get in there. Um, so Esmir, she, before she went up there, she put her, um, she's got her ninja hat on, <laughs> but her, like her hair's sticking out all around it. Okay. Um, but she's gonna take it off. She's gonna slip it up over her head when she gets up there. And when you get up there, uh, Jerry pulls out the ninja mask that you traded him, and he puts yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she's like, high five. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd goes crazy and starts cheering. <laughs> all right. This song goes out to all of my friends at the Zentarum. <laughs> Is that some kind of vitamin? <laughs> Those are the guys... Those are the assassins that tried to kill us. Oh. This one's for you. Oh, yeah, wait, you guys are dead. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and then I say, listen up, guys. 
This is a blue riff. The blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good gnome, love my owlie, love veggie, and whiskers too. I'm a good gnome, crazy about critters, I love horses, and my Boromir too. And it was a Getting to joking, there was bad guys running through them woods, and I'm a good gnome, cause I really like to kill them with my magic. I break their stupid hearts, but I fear <laughs> I fear dollies. <laughs> We're dying from my magic, except for that red wizard. I turn him into a balloon. But I fear. I fear Oh, yeah, I fear. Sing it with me. I fear the whole crowd's got, like, their torches lit. I kill goblins, orcs, and gnomes. Kill great dwarves, and their hell spawn, too. I kill spiders, gricks, and cabinets. I kill bandits, and their stupid cousins, too. But I fear... Oh man, that is hilarious. So Jake and Cullen, uh, you guys are in the crowd having a good time, watching Esmir dancing up on the stage with Jerry, when suddenly Esmir stops and looks out over the audience. And she has like a, what the hell is that look on her face? Oh God. Oh Jesus. And you turn uh, to see what she's looking at. And you see, coming out of the darkness and into the light of the uh, festival and the concert, a majestic white stallion. And slumped in the saddle is a golden-haired elf. And you know right away that it's Lord Darfin Flotion. Huh. Oh, wow. And as the horse comes to a stop, the elf slowly slides off the saddle and falls to the ground. 
Oh my god. I knew something bad was gonna happen. Oh, there's the other shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, well that was a that was a fun session. It was uh, fun to put together, it was fun to run, and the players had a lot of fun playing through it. You know, it was a, a nice stress-free session of just playing games. But of course, you know, there was stress uh, because the players were just waiting for something bad to happen the whole time. So of course, you know, I went with that, and I just kept making everything happy-go-lucky, uh, which stressed them out even more. But to me, um, I think this session uh, is kind of the culmination of their journey since leaving Firehammer Hold. You know, there's been a few fights here and there, but it's mostly been role-playing and expanding the story and character development. Kind of the calm before the storm, right? And the storm's about to break, and um, it's just going to be action-packed from here on out. I can't wait. And of course, another reason this episode was uh, so much fun was because we got another one of Esmir's amazing songs. Christine, I got to tell you, Christine has so much fun channeling her inner uh, Weird Al Yankovic. And uh, this time she did it with uh, Tom Petty's Free Fallen. And I also kind of want to point out that this uh, is another example of the kind of organic cooperative storytelling that happens uh, a lot uh, when you're playing role-playing games. And because this is all this is all because I changed one treasure item in Harpshield Castle. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but in the module, the old treasure room, you know where they fought that tiger, uh, was supposed to contain a spell guard shield and a plus one warhammer. And when I was going through it, I was like, why a Warhammer? It's Harp Shield. Uh, you know, that made more sense to me. So I changed the Warhammer to a magical harp. And I knew that only a bard could use it. You know, so I figured they'd end up selling it or maybe trading it to Delphin for something. But instead, you know, Christine thought it was cool and she multiclassed and she changed the trajectory of the story that I was developing. Or, you know, probably the better way to say it is that uh, she actually changed her story of Esmir that she was developing. And that's, again, you know, I keep saying this, but it's, you know, one of the great things about this game and telling a story together with other people. Now, when uh, speaking of developing, when I was uh, putting together the festival, I knew that I wanted games for them to play, right? You got to have those carnival games that we used to play when we were kids. So I went to the internet. Because, of course, um, you know, there's so much amazing homebrew stuff out there. And I ended up going with Carnival Games and a system put together by the guys over at DumpStatAdventures.com. They got tons of great stuff for players and GMs. They got adventures. Uh, lots of good stuff. Uh, they're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Check them out. DumpStatAdventures. And they, of course, had a lot more games, and we played those games, uh, like Bottle Toss and Goblin Toss, uh, but I ended up cutting uh, a lot of those out, you know, to keep things, uh, to keep the story flowing. Uh, but it's all available as bonus content on our Patreon page. And, of course, the game we're playing is Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module by Wizards of the Coast. And except for Tom Petty, all the in-game music and sound effects are from Sirenscape.com because, well, because they're awesome. 
and you're awesome. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. And tune in next time to see what the heck happened to our friendly neighborhood sun elf.